0: Lou Lamorello was making excuses for Bo Horvat's poor point production with the Islanders. But was there truth behind what Lou was saying? We'll take a look inside on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked on Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes as soon as they drop, and we are now also available on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. Lots to get to on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have... A question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We've got you covered all off-season long with all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings from hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, and the draft. We'll have it all for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, I'm still sort of digesting all of Lula Amorello's press conference from last week. And one of the things he said that just sort of got me thinking was when Lou said that one of the reasons that Bo Horvat did not end up being as productive with the New York Islanders as he was with the Vancouver Canucks, is that the Islanders overused him. That he was tired. That because, uh, especially after Matthew Barzal was out of the lineup, Horvat was on the power play, he was on the penalty kill, he came on the ice to take a lot of big, important face-offs, and therefore he got worn down. And at first, you know, you think about that, and yeah, okay, you you think to yourself, that does make a certain amount of sense, because, you know, it's certainly a, a different situation, and it's something that the, you know, player had to adjust to, and you know, probably got tired out. Well, there's one problem with that line of analysis. Bo Horvat actually played more minutes per game with the Vancouver Canucks than he did with the New York Islanders. In 49 games with Vancouver this past season, Bo Horvat averaged 20 minutes and 49 seconds Of ice time. And, you know, that is close to his career high, which was set back in 2018-2019. But, you know, again, that was his ice time. 20 minutes, 49 seconds, 49 games with Vancouver. 31 goals, 54 points in those 49 games. That puts him on pace for about an 88-point, 49-goal Kind of a season. Then he goes and gets traded to the Islanders. Plays 30 games for the Islanders. Average ice time, 25 seconds per game less with the Islanders than it was with the Vancouver Canucks. 20 minutes, 24 seconds. And again, it it does not seem to hold water that all that extra ice time made the difference. Now, look, Barzal was out for 23 of those 30 games. And he averaged 20 minutes and 6 seconds in those games. Now, the first 10 games after Barzal was injured, he was out there for almost 22 minutes a game. The last 13, you know, 21.50, then the last 13, 18 minutes, 45 seconds. But, No matter how you slice it, the ice time, the use was not the reason that Bo Horvat had trouble matching his Vancouver production when he joined the New York Islanders. And look, I appreciate that Lou Lamorello is doing his job when he's trying to protect his players. And we saw him do that with... uh, you know, Noah Dobson, where he talked about, oh, yeah, everyone's been too critical of Noah Dobson. He almost you know, practically matched his point total from a year ago. He's still young, et cetera, et cetera. That's Lou's job to, to deflect criticism away from his players, to make them feel wanted and appreciated and that the organization has confidence in them and to move forward in that respect. But if you go inside the numbers... And you look at them, the excuse, as far as Bo Horvat was concerned, does not end up holding water. Because Horvat had more ice time in Vancouver. He was also on the power play unit in Vancouver. He was also killing penalties as a Canuck. And yet, his numbers just took a huge, huge dip. When he joined the New York Islanders. And I think part of that is the system. That the Islanders are a lot more conservative in the way they play. That he was forced or or had to play a more defensive oriented system. He had to learn that system. And look, I am perfectly willing to give Bo Horvat slack. From the standpoint that A, he did a lot of other things well as far as face offs as far as leadership whatever else you know that he did b he was without his family he was in a new city he had a uh, you know he had adjustments to make with new coaches new teammates a new system and without his family it's not easy any anybody who has moved for their job or for any other reason knows it takes time to adjust to figure out what are, where are the good places are to get food, where the good places are to, you know, who your doctor is, who, uh, you know, what, where the movie theater is, where the things you like to do are located, where do I fit in in this new area, trying to find a new place to live. All of those things are factors, but to say that Bo Horvat was tired out from overuse really does not hold up when you look at it under tighter scrutiny and Lou Amarillo hey I respect you you're trying to protect your player I get it I, I don't disagree with it but it just doesn't hold up when you hold it under the uh, magnifying glass and you look at the number of minutes that Horvat played in Vancouver versus the number of minutes that Horvat played on the island and and the role that he was being used in, because the roles were not all that different. As far as, you know, he was a top six forward, he was on the PK, he was on the power play, he was taking a lot of face-offs. You know, his his actual role didn't change that drastically. So, hey, Lula Morello, I respect the fact that you're trying to protect your players and, in essence, buy Bo Horvat some more time from fans and the media. But when push comes to shove, ice time was not one of the major reasons that Bo Horvat slowed down his point production on the island unless you say he was being overused in Vancouver, he was still being overused on Long Island, and cumulatively playing that many games kind of wore him down. Only problem with that is he only played one minute more per game than he did the previous season. And the year before that, the difference is even less. So, again, it doesn't seem to hold up, but I understand what Lou is trying to do, and I, I certainly respect him trying to protect his players. But, you know... Don't give us a song and a dance. Just tell us what's going on, and we we certainly can adjust to it. All right, we have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We'll continue our look at different draft prospects the Islanders could take in the second round with Carson uh, Repkoff. So we'll talk about him, plus Otto Coible this season and future outlook with the Islanders. If any, we've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by a product I literally use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's easier said than done. But with one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, recovery, energy, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. So, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, as you know, we have started to look at some players that the Islanders might just select in the upcoming NHL draft. We know the Islanders do not have a first-round pick courtesy of the Alexander Romanov trade. They don't have a third-round pick, thanks to the Pierre Engvall trade, but they still do have the 49th overall pick in the second round, and we're looking at some players who they very well could be interested in taking. Today, we discuss Carson Rykopf, who, uh who is a native of Vaughn, Ontario. He is 18 years old, won't turn 19 until January 7th. Pretty big kid, 6'9", 193 pounds. And he's been playing for the Kitchener Rangers the last two years in the Ontario Hockey League in juniors. And he's made nice progress. Uh, 18 goals, 33 points in 65 games in 21-22. But this season, in 68 games, 30 goals, 59 points. Add 40 penalty minutes his plus minus also improved from a minus 20 to a minus nine so definitely at least some progress in that area and another thing to like about him he's played both center and the wing so you get a little bit of uh versatility there and believe it or not While he is sort of built like a power forward, although he'll need to put on a a little bit more bulk, but most 18-year-old hockey players do, uh, he also has good straight-line speed. So, you know, we've talked about the Islanders' need to get a little bit faster as a team and younger. Well, Carson Rykoff would definitely check off those boxes and... You know, he's got a little bit of that skill. uh, Kind of originally looked at as a one-dimensional offensive player in his first year in the Ontario Hockey League. But, you know, now looking a little bit more like a a player who could give you uh, a little bit of two-way play as well. And that is uh, certainly something you want to see. From, uh, you know, a player at that level. And, you know, he's got a good shot. And the one problem with his skating, and it is something that he will need to improve upon, again, to take it to the next level, but he does have some time to do it. He's straight on, very fast. But changing directions, not always the same thing. Now, he is a good hitter. He's physical. He will play the body and and punish opposing players. And people believe, some scouts, that he has the ability or the potential to develop into a top six kind of a forward. And there have been some people who have compared his ultimate upside as being like Tate Thompson. That's, you know, maybe a poor man's take, Thompson, that may be asking a lot, but people love his shot, and they believe, scouts, that, you know, he could definitely give whoever his new team would be in the NHL, if and when he develops, he'll be a consistent 20-plus goal scorer who can add size and add a little physicality. Now, the problem may be he may not last until 49. And that is sort of, you know, part of the issue. Uh, the Athletic listed him as the 47th best player in this draft. And it only takes, you know, if you're waiting for 49, he has to drop two picks, uh, which is not a lot. Some other scouting Uh, organizations have him ranked even late first round, early second. So again, you know, this is a deep draft. There is a large spread of players after the the, the top tier in this draft is sort of the top four or five players. Then there's like a big middle ground, but the strength of this draft is kind of late first round into the third round where there's a lot of players ranked fairly close together As far as, you know, different teams will rank them differently. So, is Rekopf a possibility to fall to the Islanders at 49? Yeah, but he's not a lock to do it. I think he's the kind of player, he'll add a little speed, he'll add a little physicality. He can sort of be uh, a a little bit like... uh, I don't want to say Brock Nelson, because Nelson is right now at least a better shooter. But, you know, as Anders Lee ages, if you play Rieckopf on the wing, I think, you know, he could possibly be more like an Anders Lee. Also, though, he's a little more physical at this stage than Lee, and uh, he has a little more speed, which is something the Islanders definitely lack. So... Keep an eye on Carson Rekopf as a possible Islanders draft pick. He, again, has been playing for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. Kind of weird to see an Islanders prospect in what looks almost like a New York Rangers jersey. But, again, it's in the OHL. It's not the New York Rangers. It's the Kitchener Rangers. And uh, I, I think here is a player who can definitely help the Islanders, again, 18 years old, probably not going to be NHL ready for at least two, maybe three seasons, but pretty much that's going to be true of any player the Islanders draft. Because, you know, realistically, these 18-year-old kids, except for the elite guys who are out there, just not going to... uh, Be ready right away. And, you know, the good thing I also like about him is that people think he's just scratching the surface of his ability, which means there's more upside. And, you know, that's what you want. The downside of that, of course, it's a little tricky to project that upside when they're only 18 years old, but hopefully, hopefully, the Islanders will find a way to you know, figure out if that projection holds and what they can expect uh, if Recop is available for the Islanders to pick at 49. Don't forget now, we will have more possible players for the Islanders to pick at 49 throughout this month as we get closer and closer to the 2023 NHL Draft. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We will take a look at Otto Koivola's season and uh, what his future with the Islanders, if any, projects to be. Plus, our Islanders' birthday of the day. uh, And I'll I'll tell you this, the Islanders' birthday of the day, a New York-born defenseman who played for both the Islanders and the Rangers. During his NHL career, let's see if you can guess who that is. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So we continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders season and sort of project ahead to what some of these players will or will not be doing for the Islanders in the future. And today, we focus in on Otto Koivula, the big Finnish left wing, who again played eight games for the Islanders, had two assists, four penalty minutes, and was a plus one. Basically, you know more of a fill-in guy for the Islanders, and he has now played parts of three seasons with the New York Islanders, but still is spending the majority of his time in Bridgeport. And you look at what he did in Bridgeport this year, uh, kind of fell off a little bit in 21-22 with Bridgeport, 56 games, 12 goals, 47 points. This year... 46 games, so 10 games fewer. Same 12 goals, but only 13 assists. So his point total almost cut in half, down to 25 points. And, you know, he first played with the Islanders in 2019-2020. Played 12 games. Did not register a point. And then in both 21-22 and last year, 8 games, 2 assists. Uh, a minus 2 in 2021-2022. A plus plus. Won this year, so again, I guess we see a little bit of improvement, and you know, it took him a little while to get going, he, he never played more than nine minutes and 23 seconds in a game, saw as little as three minutes and 46 seconds worth of ice time, uh, and, and you know, was basically given fourth line minutes throughout the season, did have uh, his two assists came in, uh, one game in the middle, so in a three-game stretch for him. And he had five shots on goal in eight games while averaging, uh, you know, not a lot of ice time. Let's put it that way. Six minutes, 52 seconds. Was good in the face-off circle, winning 13 out of 21 draws, four block shots, six hits. Here's the thing about koivala He adds size, but right now I think he at best projects as a bottom six forward and barring injury I don't see Coivola being on the roster to open the season he is now 24 years old he'll turn 25 before training camp starts on September 1st he's not a young prospect anymore now at 6'5 225 we know the the bigger power forward types do take a little bit longer to develop. But to me, Koivala looking more and more like he's either going to be an AHL uh, player who fills in reliably in the NHL or he heads back to Europe uh, you know, to, to play every day in Finland or in Sweden or someplace else. But right now, Otto Koivala looking less and less like he's a part of the Islanders' plans going forward. And look, it it does indeed become an issue. He's under contract this year for $800,000, and he will be a restricted free agent after the 2023-2024 season. So this is probably his last chance to make that big impression on the Islanders' brass. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and today is the 54th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Matthew Schneider, the native of New York City, New York, New York, originally drafted by the Montreal Canadiens in the third round back in 1987, played four games for the Habs that year, and joined the Islanders in the 94-95 season late, and spent the rest of 94, 95, and most of 95, 96 on the island before being traded to the Maple Leafs and then playing for the Rangers, Kings, Red Wings, Ducks, Thrashers, a second stint with the Canadiens, a stint with the Canucks, and then closed his NHL career out in 2009-2010 playing eight games with the then Phoenix Coyotes. He played almost 1,300 Career NHL games, 1289, 223 goals, 743 points, and 1,245 penalty minutes. Add 11 goals and 54 points in 114 career playoff games. Won a Stanley Cup in 1993 with the Canadiens. Offensive defenseman, good on the power play. He did a lot for the teams he played for. Not known for his great defense. His best game as an Islander is pretty easy to pinpoint. We go to the old barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, January 17, 1996. Islanders in the Fisherman jerseys. And Matthew Schneider, a goal and two assists, had three shots on goal. The goal came uh, on the power play. In fact, it opened the scoring, but the Islanders ended up falling to Sean Burke and the Hartford Whalers by a score. Of six to three, six to three. Excuse me. So Schneider, uh, basically, getting involved in all three Islanders' goals in this game, but not enough as the Islanders fell to the Hartford Whalers. So cue up brass bonanza for that one. Um, always like Matthew Schneider, a, a New York native, good guy. And uh, you know, one of those guys who just played for a lot of teams and was always valuable, but never seemed to stick around too long in one place. Want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day, every dayers. Tomorrow on the show, we'll continue our player by player look at the Islanders roster. Parker Weatherspoon. got some ice time. What is his future like with the Islanders? A lot of people wanted to see him in the playoffs or late in the season. Let's see if he has a shot with the Islanders next year, especially if Scott Mayfield is not back. Plus, we'll keep looking at some draft-eligible players uh, who the Islanders could select next year. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.